we are people who are under your command, who are your servants. And we thank you that your will, your plans for us are always about us moving forward and flourishing and not moving backwards. So help us to keep moving forward within your will, within your plans. To not hold back. To not try to stand still. But to keep moving forward. Jesus' name. Amen. Would you like to take a seat? So, uh, here we are with uh, the next installment of Grow. Uh, and in this um, part of the, this uh, kind of installment, what we're doing is we're looking at what does a mature Christian actually look like? Because sometimes we, we, we kind of have an idea that we're meant to grow, but we're, what we're aiming for. And obviously we're all aiming to be like Jesus, uh, but very few of us actually get to be like Jesus, exactly. So what is it we are looking for? What are we aiming for? And uh, we've uh, thought about a few things over the, the last few months. And tonight I want to think about how, we, how a mature Christian walks in the Spirit, and what that means and what that looks like. Because there is no doubt that uh, we are meant to be walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say to you, walk by the Spirit. That's Paul speaking to all of us. And a lot of the references around the Holy Spirit have this sense of, of movement. So when Jesus says the streams of living water will flow out from within you, there's a sense of movement in that. In this one, there's movement. Uh, the, the word walk is uh, peripateo, peripatetic. It's moving around. So it's, the Holy Spirit is leading us onwards, moving us forward, taking us in a direction. And uh, the moment we, we stop being led by the Spirit, that we stop walking with the Spirit, we end up kind of either stuck in one place, holding on to a past experience of the Holy Spirit, or even perhaps move backwards. Because I think, to be honest, within the Christian life, you're either moving forward or moving backwards. No one actually stays in one place for very long. If you stay there, you end up simply moving backwards. And a lot of the references are about movement and moving forward. Uh, And... That's what I want us to think about today. What does it mean to have a sense of movement with the Holy Spirit that allows us to keep growing in our experience of the Spirit in order to look more like Jesus? And um, the, the main passage I want to look at is uh, Ezekiel 47, which is that passage about the deepening river. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard it before. Uh, Ezekiel has a vision of the temple and out of the temple flows a river and uh, in the vision uh, effectively it's God who takes Ezekiel and, and takes him along the, uh, the river and Ezekiel describes how when he steps into the river it's ankle deep 
And then the man takes them uh, further along the river until it's knee-deep. And then he takes them further along and it's waist-deep. And then this, the, the God, uh, sorry, the God, God takes him further along the river and it is so high he has to swim in it because it's just too powerful. It's, it's flowing too strongly. And for me, that is an image of, of how it should be for all of us in our experience of the Holy Spirit. That for those of you who have experienced um, that initial filling of the Holy Spirit, that was simply an ankle-deep experience. It may have seemed really powerful at the time. It may have seemed like your whole life was radically transformed. But let me say, it was just simply an ankle-deep experience. We are meant to keep going deeper in our experience of the Holy Spirit. To not hold back, to not stand still. And uh, the, the picture that we have of the Holy Spirit in Ezekiel 47 is that Ezekiel describes how the river brings life wherever the river is. And so all along the banks of the river are trees that bring forth fruit every month. Not just once a year, but every month. And then Ezekiel describes how uh, further on down the river, there are swarms and swarms of fish. Not just a few fish, but millions of them. So you know, uh, uh, I was in the Maldives. Woo-hoo, that was nice. Someone took us, don't worry. It's not, I'm not paid that well. Um, and uh, it was amazing to go snorkeling around the island we were on. There are so many fish. My friends and I, we were actually planning on going scuba diving, uh, but we didn't have to, because there was just so many fish when you snorkeled. And that is just a kind of pale imitation of what Ezekiel imagines here. And he describes how when the, this river hits the Dead Sea, it brings life there as well. There is life wherever this river goes. But the kind of, as you look at it, the kind of further down the river you get, the more life there is. It's further down the river where the fish are. It's further down the river where even salty, dead water is transformed into something that you can, you can drink. And it will bring life to you. The deeper you go, the more powerful and effective and life-giving the river is. And that should be our experience, the Holy Spirit, that that as we continue to walk with Jesus and walk with the Holy Spirit, that we are getting deeper and deeper, more immersed in the life of the Holy Spirit. Someone there described also how the river only ever flows downwards. A river can't flow upwards, can it? A river, water, will always find the lowest point it can go. And he described that actually Christians who are fully immersed in the Holy Spirit will always find the kind of the, the lowest point to be. They will find the lowest people to be with. They will find the poorest to minister to. There is something in that that is powerfully prophetic, I think, that that all Christians need to hear. 
That simply being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't about the big stage experience or the big powerful experience at the front of a church. It is is also about continually going lower and bringing life at the lowest points in our society, in our community, in our world. So the question I want to ask you tonight is, how deep have you gone? In your experience of the Spirit of God, how deep have you gone? Now, I am making a big assumption here. Okay? I am assuming that you all understand that, the, that to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a normal Christian experience. It's not simply for those who are uh, you know, like first-class Christians or anything like that. That the normal Christian experience is that you give your life to Jesus and are filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you look at the book of Acts, you know, it describes how at different points uh, those who are traveling around would say, uh, have you received Jesus and have you received the Holy Spirit? The normal Christian life is about being filled with the Holy Spirit and living that out each and every day. It is the Holy Spirit of God who empowers us to be people of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God who is shaping us to be like Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit of God who empowers us to be his witnesses in the world. We don't do any of that in our own strength. It is the Holy Spirit in us enabling us to do that. And without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. You cannot serve God out of your own strength. Many of us do and try to, and that's why the church generally is as it is. Because we are trying to do things our way and not God's way. We are not, we're trying to do things in our own strength and not the power and the strength of God. And for those of you who have been Christians for any length of time, and I include myself in that, there is a challenge for us to keep going deeper in the things of the Spirit. Now it's interesting that um, for me as, as a church leader, when I talk to other church leaders, particularly in the Church of England... Uh, you'll hear things like, uh, oh yeah, I was, I was a kind of charismatic, I was into the whole Holy Spirit thing, and then I grew out of it. You don't grow out of it. To me, you backslide out of it, but that's a different thing. Yeah? Uh, but the, it's a kind of way of thinking that says that's childish. That the gifts of the Spirit and, and moving in the power of the Spirit is somehow childish. That they've moved on and superior. I do not see that in Scripture at all. When I, look at, when I look at the life of Jesus, I see someone who lived in the power of the Holy Spirit, who ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit right to the end, who didn't hold back on the work of the Spirit in any kind of way. When you look at the life of Paul, here is a man who is transformed by the power of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit went and transformed the lives of other people. And he did that right to the end. There was no, thing, no kind of thing of, well, I've grown up a bit more now and I'm no longer that kind of person. There is nothing like that in Scripture. We are called to keep going deeper into the work of the Holy Spirit. And maturity isn't about what you know It is all about how you look. And do you look more like Jesus than you did ten years ago? And you cannot look more like Jesus without the work of the Holy Spirit in you. 
It truly is as simple as that. You cannot make yourself be like Jesus. It is the work of the Spirit in you, enabling you, empowering you to live out a life that reflects something of his life. And so let me ask you the question again. How deep have you gone? And what do I mean by that? Let me just highlight three things that this could mean. Let me tell you, it firstly means this, that you have more of the fruits of the Spirit in your life. That your character reflects the life of Jesus more and more. That the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, humility and self-control are becoming more and more and more and more evident. And the longer you've been a Christian, the more those things should be seen in your life. And you cannot simply use the thing that, well, I'm old now, so I've got to be grumpy. You know, that's like, that doesn't work, does it? It doesn't wash. As someone who's 57, I cannot allow myself to be a grumpy old Christian. I have to reflect the life of Jesus. And I've been a Christian now for 36 years. The question I have to keep asking myself is, do I look more like Jesus now than I did 36 years ago? 26 years ago, 16 years ago, 6 years ago, 6 months ago? Do I look more like Jesus now than I did then? And that means that I have to allow the Holy Spirit's life to come out of me in a way that I start to display the character of Jesus. If I am stepping deeper and deeper in the work of the Spirit, that should be first and foremost reflected in my character. Am I more loving? Am I more joyful? Am I more peaceful? Am I more self-controlled? Am I more patient? Still working on that one, definitely. How about you? How are you getting on with that? How is the character of Jesus flowing out of you? The second thing that might, that might be displayed as we grow in the work of the Holy Spirit is that we display more fire. And uh, Matthew, in Matthew 3, John the Baptist says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that's not two separate things. That is simply the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we'll have all either experienced it ourselves or seen it in other people, that when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they are on fire for Jesus. You'll have all seen people like that. Their life is transformed by the work of the Spirit. And they are passionate for Jesus. They are on fire for Jesus. This is not two separate things. When he says, and with fire, he is simply describing something of the work of the Holy Spirit. And of course, on the day of Pentecost, how was the Holy Spirit seen? Flames on people's head. Fire. There's an incredible uh, recording uh, of a church in Alaska, and it is simply a sound recording. Uh, and I've heard this, uh, I heard it online. 
And um, it was a recording of a preacher who'd preached about the Holy Spirit and he'd invited the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came with such a kind of visitation on that church that people were just in their seats weeping and crying out. And the preacher at the front, all you could hear him saying and all he could say was, Fire! 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 Not that there was a fire in the building, but there was a fire in people's lives. It's all you could hear him say for minutes on end as the Holy Spirit just descended on them and radically transformed them. It's a very powerful and moving thing to hear. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with fire. What does that fire mean? There's two things I want to just highlight. One is passion. See, when uh, Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be my witnesses, that is about simply passion for Jesus, not just power. That means that when the Holy Spirit comes and fills us, he fills us with such a love for Jesus and a love for the lost that we cannot but help talk about Jesus. And those of us who are mature often lack that passion, don't we? I'm putting my hand up here, okay? I'm just owning up to that. It is so easy to either become accustomed to the passion that it no longer feels like passion or to lose your passion. And yet when you read the, the stories in, in Acts of, of Christians who spent their lives, gave their lives for Jesus, who were just desperate to share the word of God with those around them, that, that's passion. That is a passionate love for both Jesus and a passionate love for the lost. And we need both. I think I've told this story, but um, uh, in my last church, there was a, uh, a Sunday that, that was part of the whole transformation of St. Andrew's. And um, it was a normal Sunday. There was nothing special going on. Uh, the worship was all right. Uh, I preached. Brilliant. No, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it was like, it was all right. You know, it's just one of those things. Uh, and I preached about the Holy Spirit. I simply said, you know, for those of you who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, why don't you come to the front? And uh, about... Probably half the church came forward, maybe more. Um, I thought, oh, this is fun. Not expecting anything, because I'm so full of faith. Uh, and I simply said, you know, come Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just touched people powerfully. There's one young lad who later on became our worship leader, now one of the main worship leaders in New Wine, who was just knelt down, crying and sobbing as the Holy Spirit filled him. There were three guys at the front who, for some reason, had put their arms around each other, who were just shaking uncontrollably as the power of God filled them. And they became incredible witnesses for God. And it was the same across the whole spectrum of people there, that, that they became passionate about mission. They became passionate about sharing something of what they had with those who didn't know Jesus. And I'm telling you now, it wasn't there before. People doing the whole witnessing thing out of a sense of duty, a sense of need. We know we recognize we need to do this. But something shifted that day that radically transformed people into 
passionate followers of Jesus. But it's not just about passion. See, fire also signifies something else. It signifies purity and the purifying process. See, those who are mature in the way of the Holy Spirit should still be passionate about Jesus, but also consistently and constantly dealing with sin in their lives. Who are not just settling for, well, you know what, it's not a bad sin that I do. I don't harm anyone. No one sees it. They are passionate about being pure for Jesus. And you can tell those who are truly walking in the Spirit because they are dealing with the stuff in their lives. They're sorting out the sin. They're sorting out the hurts. They're dealing with the things that hold them back from reflecting Jesus to the world. The third thing is this, uh, that those who are mature in the way of the Spirit will always be growing in power. You know, Jesus said an astonishing thing, didn't he? He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. That is such a challenge to me. I read that and I look at my life and my ministry and I'm thinking, I am, I'm not even doing what you did, Jesus. You know, forget the greater stuff. I would love to just settle for what you did. But Jesus says to us that we will do the same as him and even greater. Are you not challenged by that? I know I am. It's almost scary that Jesus would say to us that what he did could be outshone by us. There's a a, a little line in uh, 2 Corinthians 12 where Paul says that that, uh, they were doing signs and wonders amongst people with great perseverance. And I think that's a significant little line. Because we all go through stages, don't we, where we're perhaps maybe you're on the ministry team and you're praying for people who are sick and, and you're not seeing anything happen. And the temptation is to say, you know what, I think I'll jack that in. I'll just walk away. And yet, every story I've read about people who have really moved in the power of the Holy Spirit are people who have persevered through those dry empty, fruitless, powerless times. You know, the most, most famous would be John Wimber, who, seeing scripture, said, you know, healing is for now. I've got to believe that. And then spent months and months and months praying for the sick without seeing anyone healed. In fact, people got sicker. Until one day there was the breakthrough. And those who are growing in the things of the Spirit will be people who persevere with praying for the sick, praying for more power, praying for breakthrough in our church, who will persevere with that through every dry, lean, fruitless time, who will still believe that God heals when people get sick, who will still believe that God heals even when you yourself get sick. Those who are growing in the things of the Spirit, 
who are mature in the things of spirit will never give up on believing in the power of God to change things. See, in that uh, passage from John 14, the next verse, Jesus says, you can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. He says it twice in the same verse. Not that the adverse is when he was speaking, but you know what I mean. He is emphasizing a point. Those who are mature will grow in power. So how can we keep on experiencing more of the Spirit? How can we go deeper in the things of the Spirit? That's the question that we all need to be asking ourselves. That's the question that we need to say to ourselves, what am I doing about this? What's God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? Here's another question for you. How thirsty are you? How thirsty are you for the things of the Spirit? I love that picture. Uh, I've had a dog with us the last couple of days. My daughter came with, uh, with her dog. It's, uh, it's quite a big dog. It's a Vizsla. Uh, boy, can he eat. It's like, you know, and uh, when he first arrived, um, he'd been in the car for two hours. Uh, we, and uh, my other daughter filled up his water bowl right to the top. Uh, and he just guzzled it all down in one go. And then was promptly sick straight afterwards all over our kitchen. <laughs> Pardon? It's not a scouse dog. No, it's a, it's a Yorkshire dog. Uh, yeah, what, need I say more? Um, he was thirsty. Just like that dog. How thirsty are you for the things of the Spirit? Because you can keep on going through life doing stuff in your own strength. You can keep on doing the things of God in your own way. Or we can constantly come back and say, Lord, I need more of you. And in this time when we are trying to think about how we reach the lost of this town and how we play our part in transforming this town... More than ever before, we need to be a people who are thirsty for the things of God, who are thirsty for the work of the Spirit in our lives. In John 7, it says this, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty, come to me. See, in the end, all we have to do is come to Jesus and do two things. Ask and receive. You know what? It, whatever experience you had right at the beginning of your life when you were filled with the Holy Spirit, it was simply that you asked and you received. And the process has not changed in all that time. You could be a, a Christian for 60 years. The process is still the same. Ask and receive. There is no other way of receiving the Holy Spirit in Scripture. You simply ask, and then you receive. And so uh, I'm going to ask um, Mark and Ruth to come back up. Um, Let me kind of just offer you a challenge. How deep are you going in the things of the Spirit? Have you settled for where you are? Are you ankle deep? Are you knee deep? Maybe you've even got to waist deep. Or are you in that place where the water is so deep 
that you are no longer in control. Because that's the image, isn't it? It says that you couldn't stand, you couldn't walk in that place. You might be able to swim. You were following the flow of the river. How deep have you gone? And how thirsty are you to go deeper? In the end, that's, that's for you and God to sort out. But for anyone who is mature and growing in maturity, who is starting to look more and more like Jesus, we cannot ignore this. Because Jesus, right up to the end, was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and moved in that power right to the end. And so must we. And so uh, as, um, we're going to have a, a little bit of um, a few songs of worship. Um, I'm going to be over at that side. And I'm going to pr- and Simon might be, because he doesn't know that. I've just told him. That's what you do at Curates. Um, we're going to pray with anyone who wants to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. And um, it's up to you if you want to take that offer up. Okay? But would you like to stand? I'm going to pray for all of us. And then Mark will lead us. Father, thank you that uh, you never want us to simply plateau in our walk with you, to simply stop and to not keep on growing. And Lord, I thank you that you have filled us with your spirit. And Lord, without your spirit, we can do nothing. And so, Father, I pray now that you would place in us such a thirst for the things the spirit that we cannot help but ask and receive each and every day. Let us be, Lord, the kind of people who every day call upon you to fill us again with your Spirit so that we might serve you in the world, in your power, displaying your character, dealing with the sin in our lives and living life passionately for you. Help us to be those kind of people, we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.